Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IntelliBee podcast. I'm your host, Casey Hawkinson, and the IntelliBee podcast is sponsored by IntelliBee, and IntelliBee takes pride in introducing mobile growth initiatives and giving a fresh outlook on large-scale projects due to top-tier management of cross-functional teams, capacity for understanding agile projects, and experience with system technology and design of all shapes and sizes. On this podcast, we talk to a lot of executives of high-performance businesses, and uh, we have a great guest here for us this week, uh, Matt Hurst. Uh, he is the CEO of Epic Performance, and Epic Performance Solutions is a provider focused on heavy-duty industrial end users. They offer solutions to meet any diesel, high-performance, or industrial application. Uh, their lubricants uh, reduce wear by up to 15% and extend service intervals up to five times. The result is for their client is increased operating time, lower consumable costs, and longer equipment life, and lower environmental impact. Well, welcome, Matt. Uh, we're very happy to have you on the show here uh, today and uh, hope uh, you are getting your week started off here. Great. And um, uh, welcome. And, you know, I, I guess just to uh, before we get into kind of the business aspect questions here, uh, do you want to give our listeners um, just a kind of a summary of your background and how you got to where you are right now with Epic? Yeah, thanks, Casey. Appreciate you having me on. Um, so I spent 15 years after college. I uh, was a math and finance guy in college. Didn't really know where I was going to head to. Um, I was born in North Dakota, raised here, and got into the oil and gas. If, if, for those that are familiar, there was a big oil boom that happened here in 2007, really started about that time frame. Um, so I was fortunate to be involved with that. Spent 15 years in corporate America with a specialty chemical company and had an had a awesome career. had a blast with them. Moved uh, moved down to Denver. Um had a had a great time down there, but just uh, saw some other opportunities as uh, as my career changed to to get into things. I think we're a little more focused on you know the environmental side of things, but still understanding that goods need to move across the country, that operations need to happen, that industrial processes need to happen. So uh, I was fortunate to get the opportunity to come in and lead Epic Performance two and a half years ago, uh, really to, to drive growth and to focus on some of the, the solutions that you mentioned that we bring to market, specifically around reducing cost for our clients and, and reducing environmental uh, mm. impact. And, okay. And can we'll talk, let's talk about those two uh, last points. Um, uh, can you uh, share with us what type of clients you serve? Predominantly right now, we've been focused on oil and gas clients, heavy duty. And you pointed out heavy duty diesel equipment. Uh, yeah. We also work with gas, natural gas equipment, um, gas compression. We've done, we're starting to branch out in the, to, you know, as you build your case studies, as you've got a new product, a new process, you need to, of course, build that out. You can't just walk into somebody's office and say, hey, we have a great product. You have to show them exactly why you're better. Yeah. So we've really built that out in the last couple of years and, and, and built our brand up. So now we've stepped into some of the over-the-road trucking, which of course is a massive market, very fragmented. A lot of the purchasing and a lot of the, the ways that those companies operate are, are different from company to company. Uh, and then we've also gotten into the shipping world, doing some work with tugboats, some intercoastal okay. stuff offshore, the boats that are using diesel fuel versus the versus you know, shipping fuel, bunk fuel, that type of situation. So we've stuck more with the diesel fuel applications around that, but we're also serving those. So really a you know, everything from I run it in my car and in a lot of my friends' cars, 
We run our products all the way through heavy duty diesel engines, deck engines that are out in, in a field, um, yellow iron, you know, backhoes, things like that would run our product as well. Okay, great. And then um, uh, tell us about, um, I think we're all interested too, is uh, you'd mentioned kind of one of your main charges is to lower environmental impact. Can you share with us um, uh, how you got go about taking that on? Yeah, absolutely. And that's been one of the, I'd say the most fun things about this company thus far is, you know, there's a lot of great companies that provide lubricants that provide some sort of monitoring services, but nobody's really aggregating those things together. And certainly nobody is measuring the environmental impact of changing your oil. Mm -hmm. It's something we all do in our cars. It's something that industrial clients and heavy duty clients do a, a lot. I mean, sometimes multiple times a month, they will change out their equipment's oil. That's, there's a lot of lubricant that gets, you know, wasted and and you need it. You need it to run the equipment safely and efficiently. So what we've done is we've actually worked with some uh, researchers and scientists. I worked with a guy over in Europe at a refinery that had the carbon intensity of a standard gallon of diesel oil. So 1540 weight diesel oil. I mean, most of you in your cars would run like a 020 or a 10W30. You're probably familiar with those multi-visc numbers. Yeah. What we did is we took the 1540 version, which is, I would say, the largest industrial user in the world for uh, for industrial lubricant from a combustion standpoint. We showed the total carbon intensity of that gallon of oil. And then with our clients, we're able to reduce their oil consumption or their oil usage, sometimes 70 percent, uh, wow. just, just based on the extended run times that we can get because we do work with a, a premium product. Um, and then, I mean, they're not having to deal with the totes, the shipping in. So you're talking all the scope for, for those who are familiar with the EPAs, they have a scope rating, scope one, two, and three emissions. Ones are directly related. And then it goes down from there on the impact. And we're able to really impact all the different scopes of emissions that come out of diesel engines that are affected with them and, and heavy duty engines. Okay. Really, uh, really interesting then. Um, so you mentioned, you know, getting into this industry in 2007, um, and, uh, just specifically, so we've got this right. Does that kind of coincide with like the fracking boom that happened kind of in the, in the middle part of the country, uh, around that era? Exactly. Yeah. You nailed it. So my first, when I first started off, it was conventional wells, which those a little bit familiar with oil and gas, that's just a straight well bore. That's, you know, nothing really interesting is done with that. They, they, they poke the hole in the ground and they're able to produce oil and gas out of that. I know it's, it's not that simple, but uh, but yeah, the hydraulic fracturing came around right around that time. There were directional drilling had come on the scene where they were able to drill out horizontally um, okay. and just really impact a lot more rock surface. But then to access different types of rock surfaces, specifically shale. So you'll hear the shale boom. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's another thing associated with hydraulic fracturing. Really to impact that rock, you need to crack it apart. You need to, and you need a lot of horsepower to do that. I mean, we're talking, you know, 2,500 horsepower engines. And you've got 20 of them sitting on a location pushing water down down these wells to break wow. apart that, that rock. Then they'll pump some sand with it as well. So an intense application. And one of my first things was building specialty scale inhibitor programs. If you're mixing different types of water, you don't want to block your, your well, your multi-million dollar well you've just drilled because you didn't treat the water correctly. So I, I focused on that initially, but was always around the, the diesel engines and seeing the cost associated with operating those as well. Okay. And then, so uh, let's maybe kind of pivot then. So getting your start back then, um, uh, this is kind of a big general question, but uh, are, are there any 
particular changes that you've adapted to over the years or anything that kind of sticks out to you that um, was kind of a big shift that that you've adapted to that to allow you to you know kind of uh, you know particularly like an epic performance solutions to to be able to kind of make the innovations you are right now yeah absolutely i think you know you look at only it's a great question casey because you look at oil and gas i mean when i started in there 15 years ago i mean i i wasn't wearing a hard hat on location most of the time our safety culture wasn't great and that was, was industry-wide that significantly changed as the hydraulic fracturing boom came about. We got a lot safer. Um, technologies continued to advance, and the, the cost of a barrel of oil has significantly dropped from what it was to, to. I mean, 15 years ago to drill a well in North Dakota or even West Texas, where these big booms are at, took them 45 days, 40 days sometimes. Now they're drilling that same well in 12 days or less. So there's okay. just been this technological advancement. And as that's happened, of course, we've seen what's happened from, a, you know, the, the phrase ESG, whether whether you think it's a good thing or a bad thing to, to phrase that, put that moniker on stuff. It's real. And I, what's been really interesting about oil and gas, I guess, going back to your question, is that we've been an industry that adopted to, you know, we adopted solar panels probably before any other industry because we didn't have mm. electricity on all these locations. Mm. And the technology advancement has continued. And so now we're at the phase where, you know, people are using either natural gas or diesel driven generators that are running electric equipment on location to try and lower their carbon intensity, their noise, their sound pollution, you know, uh, and emissions pollution as well. It's an industry that's really, you know, I don't want to say in the forefront of it, but they've definitely adopted that. And I saw that at Epic when I came in that, there was an opportunity to, to take this old equipment that we've got that still very has a lot of useful life left to it and for years to come and, and add put some additives in there, whether it's a fuel catalyst, whether it's a premium lubricant, whether it's a secondary filtration system, which we all offer, to try and reduce that consumption, reduce the wear and tear in the engine. Because the worst thing that you can do for the environment is go have to invest in a new engine because you broke yours, you know, yeah. regardless of how you look at it, to go and build that new engine, to buy that new engine and not use what's already there and paid for is probably the worst thing you can do for the environment. So what we've done is try and say, Hey, let's extend these out. You know, some of these engines would last 15,000, maybe 20,000 hours, which sounds like a lot, but when you're operating four or 5,000 hours a year, it's, it goes a couple of years. It goes pretty yeah. quick. We're seeing engines now that we take care of that are 30,000, 40,000, even 50,000 hours. Um, and by doing it with a smarter maintenance program. So I think those are some of the big changes that we've seen and people are willing to adopt to that. You know, we have a client right now that they really, they have a great maintenance program. They they didn't necessarily need us to come in and change what they were doing with their maintenance. Mm -hmm. I had a client asking them to lower their carbon intensity. And one of the easiest ways was they were just using too much oil. They were changing their oil every 250 hours. So mm -hmm. with us, we came in and we're, we've got them on a schedule now of 1500 hours. And through sampling, testing, and then an online dashboard that we monitor things through, we're able to show that their engine performance, engine life, and failures have actually dropped uh, by over 50% from year over year. So that change, going back to your original question, just when that change yeah. came out, it was the industry was not only saying, hey, let's run more efficiently and, and more cost effectively. But they were saying, how do we do this to lower our environmental impact? And I know a lot of people that don't know oil and gas real well, maybe think that's that's far-fetched, but that's what I've seen over the course of my 15, 16 years in the industry now. Interesting, interesting. And um, so you mentioned something uh, that, that you're able to monitor 
uh, you know, on a on a dashboard, you know, monitor metrics of performance of the lubricant, um, if I've got that right on a dashboard. And that's that's always something of particular uh, relevance to to us with Intellibee because sometimes you know depending on the need will help a company make an app or something like that. Um, so what type of uh, when talking about maybe software technology tool technology based tools what sort of tools uh, really help drive your day to day? Yeah, and I'll start on the front end when you look at uh, once again just going back to your personal car, anybody listening's personal car, um, you've got an engine and you've got a, you've got a dipstick where you could sample that. Uh, unfortunately on that side of things that not much has changed there. Uh, we've worked with a lot of companies to try and use online remote monitoring, uh, for diesel engines and for gasoline, just any type of combustion engine. There's a lot of stuff for gear oils, for wind turbines, um, hydraulic oils, hydraulic systems, but the the actual combustion systems in an engine where your, your engine's moving its lubricant around, um, pretty pretty difficult to do online monitoring. So we're still relying on sampling. The good news is a lot of these companies we're working with have massive maintenance teams that have technicians that go sample the equipment on a regular basis, send that to a laboratory. Then there's an API feed in our case. We can you hook an API feed up with just any anybody, any company that's willing to, to work with us on that. That'll come into a dashboard that, that we've developed. We've used Grafana to develop that thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives us some, we have some developers on staff that have given us that flexibility to say, hey, what's important to the customer? I mean, some customers, they, they want to really understand what their wear metal count looks like for obvious reasons. They don't want their engine breaking down. Other customers really want to understand, you know, what other contaminants are we getting in externally? You know, these engines work in dirty environments. And so we've been able to tailor the dashboard to say, hey, this client's on a frack, frack engine specifically work in sandy environments. They pump sand in these wells. And so they want to understand what the, the engine's ingesting, what it's taking in through its breathers and if they're getting too much sand. in. so we've got a dashboard that can help alert around that. Um, and then, like I said, the, the biggest one is looking at the physical properties of the oil or looking at the wear metals trends associated with that. Okay. Being able to alert the client, hey, there's there's something going on with this engine. You know, I don't care how good a lubricant you got. Eventually, it's a piece of equipment. It's going to have issues. It's going to break down. You're going to yeah. have operator error. You're going to have environmental constraints that limit that. So we just try and keep an eye on it through that dashboard. Yeah, that's great. Well, thanks for uh, kind of shedding some light on that. And um can you talk to um, any like uh, any obstacles that you might be working through right now? Um, and I understand like, you know, in, in your own private business, you know, some things, of course, are private. But can you speak to like any general obstacles that you're seeing within your business or the industry that you're kind of working on overcoming right now? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a great question, Casey. And, and I'll share, I mean, just personally, our business. Um you know, as well as some of the things I'm seeing industry wide, you know, the, and not to, you know, like I said, there's a lot of great lubricants out there. Mm. Um, What I've found is that most buyers, most clients, I think most people, I'm probably this way with some of my behaviors as well. You know, we go to what's familiar and we Uh, look at something that's almost a, I actually, a lot of the reports, a lot of proposals I send out to clients, I actually peel back the story a little bit. I lower the story a little bit, the success of it, because sometimes I get clients that honestly don't believe, and it's not just our product. I think there's a lot of improvement to be had in the way that we operate equipment. Okay. And when we have a client that really embraces that, they, you know, they'll have people within the organization that are almost saying, this is too good to be true. What's the catch here? 
And so I think, I think just telling that story and it takes a long time. It takes a long time for us personally. The sales cycle is really long. When you talk about an engine that runs for 20,000 hours and that's when it has its failures, you know, you want a client wants to see that success first before they go kind of, you know, before they move that to the rest of their system. So we've worked through some of that. I think the thing we just talked about from an industry standpoint, the, the lack of online monitoring consistent monitoring. I mean, when you send a sample off to a laboratory, every laboratory has different ways that they run their equipment, different technicians. There's still a person involved with that. And I don't want to take that away. I think it's good to have those lab technicians looking at these samples, but it, it adds an it adds a variable to it that, quite frankly, yeah. we have to work through. I think the inflationary, I mean, everybody's feeling inflation. I don't care who you are. I mean, yeah. we're seeing gas where you've got oil prices at 70. I think there were 77 when I just checked a minute ago. Um, on a, on a WGI basis. And, you know, we've got clients of ours that are, you know, asking us for price concessions or are coming in asking for ways to optimize a system more and more, because I think just all the other areas of business, even though the sales price is good for their product, the commodity price is good. Mm -hmm. The inputs it takes to run their business have went up so much. It really hasn't kept up with some of the increases wow. on the commodity side. So okay. I think long sales cycles that, that, the, the buying behaviors, which is always a thing in sales you deal with. Yeah. And the inflationary uh, constraints that have that really pinched a lot of companies right now have been uh, have been things that we've dealt with this last couple of years. Well, great. Uh, Matt, we've uh, really enjoyed having you on. We're getting down to kind of our, our final questions here. Uh, but uh, again, you've been listening to the Intellibee podcast. We've had Matt Hurst, CEO of Epic Performance here with us. And um, can you uh, like if there's uh, if there's anyone out there wanting to uh, ask a question, inquire about anything, even perhaps even partner with you on anything, uh, what would be the best way for anyone out there in the audience to, to reach out to you? Yeah. Uh, so we've got a, our website is uh, www.epichp.com. Uh, you can reach out. We've got a contact on there as well, a, a contact email that can reach out. I'll even give out my, my email is uh, Matt just with one T. So it's M-A-T okay. at epichp.com. Uh, so that's my, my work email. Feel free to reach out on there. Happy to share information here. We've got a lot of different case histories. We also are on, on LinkedIn. So when you get to our website, you'll be able, you'll be redirected to our LinkedIn or have an option to click on our LinkedIn page uh, on my LinkedIn page as well, where I post a lot of our stuff from our organization. Okay, Matt. And then just to reiterate, because um, we we have uh, businesses of all types and sizes here that uh, that that listen to the podcast. So primarily, you you're serving just the oil and gas industries. Is that right? You know, that's probably our biggest client. But no, we're serving really all industries. So like I said, over the road trucking at this point, um, okay. offshore offshore barges, boats. Um, yellow iron that do i mean if you guys see somebody building a road we've got some clients that do that type of work as well um guys okay. that work, work on that and then we actually have a lot of clients too that just buy it for their personal vehicles or their you know their some garbage actually we have a garbage customer as well and, and uh, uh fire trucks we have a okay that buys it for their fire truck so a little bit of everything i would say the bulk of our sales has been focused on oil and gas that's where a lot of our relationships were at when i when i came on board okay well, great. Uh, we've really enjoyed the conversation here uh, and giving you, giving us uh, all insight into your business uh, and into the industry at large there. So, Matt, thanks again. Uh, Matt Hurst, uh, CEO of uh, Epic Performance. And you've been listening to the IntelliBee podcast. 
And we thank you all for tuning in. Until next time, I'm your, I'm your host, Casey Hawkinson. Thanks, Casey. Thanks.